Hello. Yeah, well, it's, it was weird, because usually when I have you on here for Facebook Live on my phone, it'll have that, you'll, your icon will come up, and it'll have that green dot right next to your picture. Yep. It, it didn't have it on there this time, and every time I went to push it, it said no response from the recipient. So, I don't know what the problem is with it. I don't know. No. I, I I only use my tablet for our show. I use it for nothing else at all. So nothing changes on my tablet, ever. It's, I don't use it. So I, I don't know. It has to be something on your end with your um, Wi-Fi there or your service or something. I, I don't know either. So we'll get, uh, we're on, uh, what do you call it? Um, talk to you as well, so. But, uh, okay, I'll get and get started. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another live edition of the Top Rope Report here on TalkShoe.com, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. I'm your host, the illustrious Mr. Trivia, and joining me every week, as usual, my co-host, my tag team partner, my best friend, the best in the business, the Nugster Greg. What's going on, Greg? What's up, Mike? Uh, you know, not much, just, uh, getting ready to go over the, uh, Crown Jewel pay-per-view and Friday Night Smackdown. What'd you think of both shows? Um, good and crap. Okay, and I think I know which one was the crap. <laughs> uh, yeah, I didn't think Smackdown was all that great either. Although I did get a, a thing today on one of my phones from one of the wrestling sites as the real reason why Brock Lesnar was was indefinitely suspended. So. What's that? We'll we'll probably go, you know, maybe go into that later on if we got some time at the end of the show. Oh, you can't, you can't, you can't drop a teaser like that and not say what it is and make me wait 45 minutes. All right, well, the, the website was reporting that the reason Brock Lesnar was suspended is... He's going to be off TV until January. Oh, well, that's... You made it seem like it was a big surprise that he had some major injury who's going to have surgery or something. I mean, if... No, they, okay, well... They were, saying his, they were saying his contract that he signed is only for five to eight uh, wrestling appearances. Matches. They're just, they're just going to have him on, like, the big shows. Okay. Like I said, you, you're you're horrible teasing. That's not a teaser. That's that's nothing that nobody didn't know. I said that on our prediction show that Brock Lesnar wasn't going to win a title because you're never going to see him. Yeah. So you're just reporting something that I said, you know, a week ago. Good job. Well, that's Good job. <laughs> Good job. Look off clock for trivia, but um. You know, I thought yeah, maybe it was going to be something like, well, he's not going to be, a, he's written off TV because he's the first pregnant male in the history, uh, I mean, of mankind. I don't know. Right, earth shocking news or something, you know? But, um, yeah, I thought Crown Jewel was a real good pay-per-view. Yeah. Um, yep. Now, would you want to talk about Crown Jewel first and then SmackDown because it went in that order? Yeah, why not? Okay. All right, we'll we'll go for. We'll, we'll you know we we we've talked about reformatting our show a little bit. 
Um, but, you know, I, I know we said we're not going to, like when we talk about Raw and SmackDown, <clears throat> we had discussed not literally going top to bottom, minute by minute, reporting on everything that happened. Um, right. Just kind of the things that stuck out to us, positive and negative. But for the pay-per-views, I think we should still do old school. You know, if it's show, shows an hour and a half long, your little weebies gonna have to wait to go wee wee for a little longer. So, yep, no problem. So we're ready. Hmm. And Excuse me. We can, ooh, you all right? Then we yeah, can dinner. It's it's you know anytime I do the show right after dinner, I have a little indigestion. So yeah. Um. So we uh, found out. Late in the day, um, I want to say it was about an hour before our prediction show on Thursday, right? No, Wednesday night when we did it. Jesus. Yeah. Every day is just crazy. Um, that they added a pre-show. So the pre-show match they added was the Usos versus the Hurt Business. Seeing as you were the winner of the prediction show this time, I'll allow you to decide who goes first, you or me. Uh, I'll go first on this one. All right. I I thought it was an okay match. I mean, I didn't expect uh, the Hurt Business to win the title. I mean, they, they held their own against the Usos. I feel that as long as Roman Reigns is Universal Champion, the Usos will stay the SmackDown Tag Champions. That's how I look at it. Um, it was... It was a good match. I can't say it was a good match. Uh, yeah, it was a good match from start to finish. Wasn't exceptional. Wasn't any, you know, holy cow. I mean, there was a lot of a lot of action from both teams. I will say that because both teams are action-packed wrestlers. So I thought it was a, I thought it was a, a decent match. Um, I mean, I didn't, like I said, I didn't expect... The her business to win or win the title, I gave the match a B minus. Okay, um, well, it wasn't a title match. It was just a match. It was one team from Raw, one team from SmackDown. Um, we'll get into the politics, if you want to call it whatever, um, behind why um, these two tag teams were involved in a match. Um, you know, a little bit later. <clears throat> Excuse me. I, I mean, I thought this match was better than I expected it. I mean, both teams obviously enter the arena as heels. But the Usos played to the cheers and, and came off, quote-unquote, as the face um, in this match. Benjamin and Alexander were much more competitive in the match than I really expected them to be. Um, they put on a good match. It's not like they wrestle each other all the time. So, you know, they had that going for them. Um, I mean, to me, it was, you know, it was one of the better pre-show matches we've seen in a long time. I don't have the exact time because everything that I have on my phone is, is on this. Um, it was about ten and a half minutes long. So, I mean, overall, I gave it a B. Okay. And then it was announced later on during the pre-show that they were going to open up Crown Jewel with the Hell in a Cell match. 
Edge versus Rollins. Which, see, because I'm going first, I'll just take this and run. Um, you might think, a lot of people thought ahead of time, and I think we all pretty much agreed that this was the match, that one of the matches they were most forward-looking to seeing, and we thought this could be the best match on the card. So, with WWE, in my opinion, gambling to put this match first, you, you fear that, you know what, we're going to get the crowd so high that they're going to, after this match, obviously it's going to be a come down, and are we going to get the crowd back up at, at any point? And that's the only thing that kind of makes you nervous about putting this match first. But it was a, well, I'm not going to say it was a great idea, bad idea as of yet. But this was a great match. Um, yep. Everything about this match, uh, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what else to say other than it was great. I mean, the near falls, the, each of the guys using the other guy's moves. I mean, Edge um, curb stomping Rollins onto the chair to get the one, two, three. The match went just over 27, like 27 and a half minutes long. I mean, it was from top to bottom. Everything they did was calculating. I gave this match an A. Okay, I I definitely agree. This had to be probably the best match I've seen in the last couple of pay-per-views. I wouldn't be surprised if this one was in the running for match of the year. Um, could this have put an end to their feud? I think so. Um, Edge just seemed to to get that last bit of energy after after Seth Rollins wrapped the chain around his foot and gave him the super kick and then he had the chair and he picked it up and when he went to stop him, put it between his legs and that, that was the key. And it was a great match. Everything you expected from beginning to end that I thought was going to happen, happened. They just went at each other like two rhinos just butt and head just clashing every, every minute of, in the match. I gave it an A plus. Oh wow! Okay, all right. You know, now that, that now for those of you that are out there that have listened to our shows and stuff, know that an A plus from trivia does not come easily. So I'll say kudos to that. Thank you. Um, after that, they went to what I thought was going to be the the main event of the show, or not the main event, the opening match of the show was Mustafa Ali. Um, taking on the hometown boy, uh, Mansoor. Triv, you're up first for this one. Okay, this match was... It, it, it was a good match, in my opinion. Um, the crowd was into it, obviously, because Mansoor was their hometown favorite. And, but I thought the crowd was into it for every match. I mean, the crowd was amazing in, uh, at Saudi Arabia shows. Um, Mansoor just... I mean, he's. I think he's. He could have a bright future in WWE. Uh, I just don't know if they're going to keep putting these two guys against each other, and you know, build up a feud or, or whatever. I thought it was. 
I thought it was a good match. I thought it was a, I can't say it was a great match or, or whatever. It, it was a good match. I gave it, I gave it a C plus. Okay. Um, I mean, I, I agree. I thought it was a good match. I thought this could be, um, I mean, when you look at it on paper, maybe kind of leading up to it, you think this match, why is this match on the card? Oh, it's only on the card because of Mansoor. Um, so I kind of expected this to be like one of those quote-unquote hidden gems, not expecting much out of it, and you get more out of it than you expected, which is basically, in my opinion, what the match was. Um, I, I think they, they played this rivalry up very well, being teammates and now being enemies. I, I The only thing with Mansoor is... I've got to get convinced more on his, we'll say, out-of-ring work, uh, meaning mic skills, promos, stuff like that, to really buy into what Mansoor can become. Um, I gave this match a B-. minus. Okay. Um, I may have given it a lower score because of the... After the match, you know, and Mustafa Ali, you know, started to beat on him a little bit. And then the guy from the Saudi Arabian National Karate Team, he was the gold, the silver medalist at the Olympics, came out. It, it took too long for him to walk down to the ring and show who he was. Because... I mean, if it seemed like a Roman Reigns walk to the ring, but at least Roman right. Reigns is playing music, you know, he's he's visible. This guy wasn't visible until he got in the ring and took the little cloth off. And then, right. yeah, maybe 90% of the crowd there knew who he was, but not many in the WWE universe knew who he was until Michael Cole said who he was. So you lost, yeah. a, in my opinion, you lost a lot of steam from this match because of that little end-of-the-match segment. Right. Then we went to the Raw Tag Team title match. was RK-Bro defending against AJ Styles and Omos. Um, the, the match... Well, no, I don't laugh. I mean, the match was good. But it, it wasn't much different than what we've seen with these four previous. Um, I know historically, Crown Jewel, and if you, if you go back, um, I'll make that point at the end, not now, overall. Um, I mean, one of the best parts of the match to me was Riddle not rolling down the ramp with his scooter but riding an effing camel down to ringside. I mean, yeah, is it stupid? Is it ridiculous? Yes, but it's Riddle, which makes it fun. Um, and once again, the match was okay. You know, Randy Orton getting over on AJ Styles to have our, you know, to have Riddle get the pin. I mean, it's nothing we haven't seen before. I gave this match a C plus. Okay. Yeah, I definitely agree with the with that comment. I mean, it's basically what we've seen in other matches that they've had on Raw or 
other matches that they've had on the pay-per-view where, I mean, Omos comes in and he's the monster and you can't do anything to him. He's indestructible. And then AJ Styles comes in and jumps off the rope with the forearm, gets the RKO from Randy Orton. It was... The finish was kind of what I expected. I thought Randy Orton would have got the pin instead of Riddle, but it was basically, you know, the, the, the same outcome that these guys have. I hope this is the end of this feud between That's, these two teams yep. and, you know, move, move on to something else. I gave... Uh, my gr- my grade for that, I gave it was a B minus. Oh, okay. All right. Then we had the... Um, finals um, for the first ever Queen's Crown Tournament between Dewdrop and Zelina Vega. I think you knew what the order of the matches were and you were looking so forward to going first on this match. That's why you chose to go first overall. So go for it. Uh, What can I say about this match? They had two people in the match that I didn't expect to be in the finals. Um... I really think that this could be the start of maybe a singles push for Zelina Vega. I don't know, I mean, how how heavy of a push they're going to give her. But, I mean, you know, congratulations to her for being the first Queen's Crown winner. Um, I really thought that Dewdrop was just going to dominate the whole match because of size and uh, she is quite agile for a girl, for a, a woman of her size. But overall, I gave the match a C minus. Okay. Um, well, right away, I I I I gave the match a little bit higher grade than it would have because it went almost six minutes long, which I believe was twice as long as any other match in the entire tournament. So for that alone, I gave it a half a you know a percentage point higher. Um, the um, tornado DDT that Selena Vega hit on Dewdrop was—I mean, she performed that move perfectly. Um, the uh, way she finished it with oh my god, my mind's from blank. Um, the, flip over, the flip over sunset flip. Yeah, but I'm trying to remember what they call it. Ah. Uh, Oh, the code red. Um, to for her to do that on somebody dewdrop size, and I mean, yeah, obviously dewdrop helps, and but she has to be able to sell the finishing move to make the finishing move look good. But it's up to you to you know do your finishing move perfectly, um, right. and she did. So just for those two moves and the fact that it went almost six minutes long. And it wasn't as bored with the match I thought I was going to be. I gave it just a straight-up C. So a little bit higher than you. All righty. Then we went to the um, match that was originally just a no-holds-barred match. Then sometime before, you know, on the day, I think during the bump, they announced that it was going to be a Falls Count Anywhere no-holds-barred match between Goldberg and Lashley. Um, I believe this match, you know, this one I am going to look up just so I can get the time. Um, 
This match actually went longer than I thought it was going to. Um, nope. Nope. And Mike just disconnected from me. There he goes. And I think he's back. Mike, can you hear me? Nope. He's... Yes, I'm right here. Yep, I can hear you just fine. All right. Yeah, you froze up on my end. I don't know if it was your Wi-Fi or my Wi-Fi. One of the two. Um, now there's this annoying tone that's really affecting the recording. Oh, I don't hear it. All right, hold on one second. I'm just going to, I'm going to pause it on Odyssey for a second. All right, folks, and we are back with that little technical difficulty. Um, but the Goldberg-Lashley match, um, as I was talking about, um, it went about 11 and a half minutes, um... Was was a, was a better match than I thought it was going to be. Um, we got a little more out of Goldberg than I thought we were going to. He was as physical as I thought he was going to be. But it, it was... He moved a lot more than I thought he was going to. I, I thought it was going to be a mistake making it, you know, false count anywhere. Because, I mean, he's in his 50s. So, I mean, we don't get around as much in our 50s as we did in our 40s and 30s. I mean, I don't, you know, unless you're Tom Brady, you age. <laughs> um, the, you know, coming up to the ending, once again, um, as I thought, um, her business would get involved. They did, but it was very, very briefly. Um, they didn't affect the outcome of the match at all. I thought maybe they were going to beat down on Goldberg a little bit more. But he then spears Lashley through a table off the ramp, pins him, one, two, three. It was over. Um, I mean, for not expecting much out of the match, I was expecting probably a C to a C minus. I actually gave it a B minus. Wow, you are so much... Hold on, man, hold on. You are so much louder than you were before. I don't know oh. what happened. I mean, everything is different. I had to turn my volume down, too. Um, yeah, like you said, Goldberg was definitely more mobile in this match. Um, it looked like the Goldberg of his late 30s, early 40s, the way he moved and and everything else. I was surprised that he got the pinfall victory. I thought Lashley would have won. I mean, I, I even though I did pick Goldberg, in the back of my mind, I thought Lashley was just going to, you know, dominate the match and, you know, beat the hell out of them and punish them so that Goldberg would probably have to be helped back to the locker room or something. And I was impressed with the match. I thought it was a good match. Um, didn't go as long as I thought it would. Really? Which is, yeah, which is probably okay because Goldberg not won for long matches now in his fifties. Right. But I give the match a C. Oh, okay. I All think right. I know why it looks different. Why? Because when I when we did it the first time, I was on my computer. Now I'm on my phone. I asked you that when we came back on. 
Are you doing it the same way you did before? And you said yes. Oh, I thought you were talking about something something different as far as did I do anything. Um, never mind. That's just, just all right then we went on to the next match which was the finals for the king of the ring tournament and that was finn balor versus xavier woods trib you're up very very good match i thought it was a good match from start to finish um I did. I, I did pick Balor in the prediction show. I was the only one to pick Finn Balor to win, but um, I'm kind of glad Xavier Woods won because they've done singles championships with Kofi. They've done now the singles championship with Big E. Let's do something singles for Xavier Woods. He's a talented wrestler. Right, I believe he deserves to win King of the Ring. I just thought that that they would have went the other way and made the prince a king because they had, you know, they had talked about, you know, oh, maybe the prince can become the king now, you know. And I thought it was a really good match, good action, good action throughout the match. I gave the match a B plus. Um, that you know, I'll start off with that's the exact grade that I gave it. Uh, I thought it was a very entertaining match at any point. I mean, there were actions any point, but at several points during the match. You thought either Finn Balor or Xavier Woods um, was going to win. Um, I under—I I mean, I, I understand you can't just have people travel overseas just for quote-unquote props. So that's why Kofi Kingston was in there. So I think that validated Xavier Woods' win even more. The fact that he really did it by himself. I mean, Big E was in the arena. He didn't come out. Um... I mean, obviously, Kofi Kingston wasn't there, or he would have come out. Um, but like I said, action-packed match, very good, very entertaining from top to bottom. Um, the only thing that I had hoped for was to see Xavier Woods break out those boots that he used to wear that had, like, the little curl on the end that looked like genie boots. But he, yeah, didn't, yep. he didn't go nostalgia with those. Huh? I call them the, the Iron Sheik boots. Oh, okay. Um but but yeah, like I said, overall I gave this one a B plus as well. Okay. Speaking of Big E, the next match was Big E defending his WWE Championship against the Scottish Warrior Drew McIntyre. Um, I mean, what can you say about this match? Um, I feel bad for these two guys that there were other matches on this card that were as good as they were because we would be talking about this match being the best match on the show, yet right now we're talking third or fourth best match. Um, if that right. statement alone doesn't let you understand how good of a pay-per-view I thought this was, then no other statement I make tonight will. Um, it was hard-hitting. I mean, I don't think there was any time that I felt like Drew McIntyre was going to win the match. But there were times in the match that you thought Drew McIntyre might win the match. Um, I gave this match an A-. minus. Great match, top to bottom. I, uh, same exact grade I gave it. I mean, 
I kind of wished that both of these guys were on the same show because I would definitely look forward to programs with these two guys going at it again. Uh, it was definitely action-packed, hard-hitting. You got everything you expected out of both of them. And it was just a tremendous match. Like you said, third best match on the show. So that goes to show you how good the pay-per-view was if this was the third best match. So I, I definitely gave it the same grade, an A-. Okay. After that, they then went to what some um, had said the co-main event of Saudi Arabia, um, as it was big time Bex, Becky Lynch defending her SmackDown Women's title against Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair. Triv, you're up first. This match was everything I thought it would be and then more. Um, for some, I mean, I understand that she was gone for 16 months. But maybe it's just my way of looking at it, but it looks like to me Becky Lynch has lost something. She just doesn't seem to be the same. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? She's got the fire, definitely. She's got the. She's definitely, you know, still the fiery redhead and everything. It just seems that. Some of her, some of the things that she's doing just don't seem right. From it's just could be just me, but the match was totally great. I mean, it was just it was just awesome from top to bottom. Second best match on the card. Well, honestly, I would say this was this was the best match on the card. Um, I'm kind of glad that. You know, Becky Lynch did win, which kind of solidifies her again as, you know, the top champion on her brand, which now she's on Raw now, so she can uh, still be the the woman to go after like she was on SmackDown. I gave the match an A. All right, so you said this was the best match on the show. Mm-hmm. But you gave the Hell in a Cell an A+. Plus. But you only get this an A. Oh, wait, no, I'm sorry. No, I gave this one an A plus also. I'm sorry. Yeah, I gave it an A plus. I was looking at the wrong one, sorry. Okay. I gave it one A plus. It definitely deserved an A plus grade because these three women just put on a tremendous show together. Okay. And even Bianca and Becky, or Bianca and Sasha, or Sasha and Becky. They just put on tremendous shows when they go against each other. I'm looking forward to seeing them going at each other again in the future. Okay. Um, I, I Like I said, this was definitely one of the top matches on the card. Um, I think you can flip a coin and say Hell in a Cell, Triple Threat, Triple Threat, Hell in a Cell, as to which was the best match on the show. Um, you're not going to... I mean, I don't think you can get an argument either way if you said either one were the best match on the show. Um, the only thing I can, and maybe just a little response to what you think maybe be different, easy for me to say, what may be different about Becky Lynch is the fact that heels 
perform differently than faces. You know, she pinned Sasha Banks by holding on to the ropes. Now, granted, it's a no disqualification, so you can do that to solidify the pin. Becky Lynch wouldn't have done that a year and a half ago. Yeah, you know. Type now. More what? More of, she seems to be more of the entertaining type now. Where she wants to go in and, you know, that's, that's what a cocky heel does. That's what the other top heel on the female division, Charlotte Flair, does. When it comes down to knuckles to the bone, she's going to bang with the best of them, which is what she did in this match. Um, taking nothing away from Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks, they both performed outstanding. Um, is Bianca Belair relegated herself to being um, the elite in the division? No. Does she, in my opinion, does she deserve to be mentioned in the four horsewomen of WWE? No, but she is up there. You know, you're, you're going to have to put a, another category up there. Um, you know, I'll use this in reference to, you know, to, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers is a great quarterback, but you're not going to put him in the Hall of Fame worthy category of Brett Favre. You, you know what I mean? Um, but she is proving that she could be on her way there. Um, if she, to me, was just a little less annoying of a face, um, I think a lot of her mannerisms with the dancing and the spinning of the braid and the smacking of the rear end is something more like a heel would do. And I think if she were to become a heel, she'd be one of the most over heels in the women's division, possibly in history. But... For what she's doing now, she's doing great. I also gave this match an A. Okay. And then we came down to the main event of the show. It was Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar for the Universal Championship. Um, this match went 15 minutes and 40 seconds long. Um, whoops, wrong button. Here we go. Ah, there we are. Um, and this was, I mean, you knew this was not going to be um, a match pitting two great technical wrestlers. These were going to be two guys that wanted to reach in through the mouth, up through the ass, and shake their own hands in the middle of the person as they pull their intestines out. They wanted to destroy each other. Um, maybe Brock a little more than Roman... Um, there were spears, there were Superman punches, there were suplexes, there were F5s, there were both men down, and Paul Heyman yelling, you know what you've got to do, and throwing the belt into the middle of both of them, not really closer to either one of them. Who is he throwing the belt to? We still don't really know. We may never know. Um... Brock Lesnar, you know, had range down, um, was ready to use the belt on him, and what happened? 
the surprise pre-show match of the Usos versus the Hurt Business showed you why the Usos were there. Because they gave the double super kick to Brock Lesnar. Uh, Roman Reigns picked up his title, didn't spear him, didn't Superman punch him, hit him in the head with the belt, and then, of course, miraculously, after the ref had gotten knocked out due to a, a weird-looking F5, um, the ref comes, uh, no, sorry, another ref comes down just in time to count to three. Roman Reigns is still the champion. Um, I mean, was the match good? Yeah, it was good. Was it great? No. Could it have been better? Maybe. Could it have been worse? Yes. I, I gave the match a B. Okay. Um, I've been waiting to talk about this match because, you know, for many, for many shows now when he was champion, I was a big advocate of Brock Lesnar. I understand he's been gone for quite a while. Back up on his farm in Canada. Obviously, he looked like he's been training because he looked really huge. He looked bigger than he did before. But there was just something in this match that, you know, when he was doing the the suplex, it just didn't seem, maybe it was me, but it didn't seem like he got him up as high as he used to do the other suplexes. I mean, he used to get the guy up by his shoulder and drop him down. This one, he just barely would pick him up and, and give him a suplex. Like you said, it was a weird-looking F5, something kind of, it kind of made it look like, okay, it was planned. And I was, I was kind of disappointed at the end because it wasn't the Brock Lesnar that we're used to seeing. Um, and we'll get into that when we talk about SmackDown. And overall, I gave the match a B minus. Okay. Um, all right. Yeah. So, I mean, overall, um, do you want to, I mean, technically speaking, oh, shit. Anyways, um, you know, going in order, you know, you're the first to give your overall opinion of the pay-per-view. My overall opinion of this pay-per-view was, I've seen all the Saudi Arabia shows that they've had on. I've seen how much the crowd is into it. I've seen how much the, the wrestlers really put more than 100% effort into all their matches. My overall opinion of the card was a B plus. I thought it was good. WWE did a great job putting the matches together. Regardless, it was a 15, 16, 17 hour flight or whatever, however long it was. Yeah, 15 and a half hour flight. 15 and a half hour flight, that's a long thing. I mean, I don't even want to do anything that feels good for 15 hours, let alone be on a plane. But um, I thought the WWE did a good job putting this pay-per-view together. The crowd in Saudi Arabia is just amazing every time they have the show there. And like I said, my overall grade was a B plus. Okay. Um, I will give you um, the, uh, well, I will give the exact same grade, B+. Plus. Um, definitely for me in um, running for pay-per-view of the year. Um, I mean, right now, just thinking back, quickly about looking at him and thinking of the pay-per-view that, that I could imagine that was as good as this one was, Money in the Bank, which I loved. 
Um, I mean, I I mean, I don't have my grades rewritten, written down in front of me or anything. I'd have to go back on my phone, but I mean, the worst match was a C. And yeah. every other match was, I mean, it was, I think I had two matches in, I think maybe had a C plus, um, but every other match was a B or better. Um, you don't get that from pay-per-views. Yeah. And the one thing I did like about this is it seems like the crown jewel and nothing against it, but it seems a lot like the Survivor Series sometimes in just a, in just a shape that. Nothing that goes on on the show has anything to do with the current storylines. And that's usually how the Saudi Arabia show is. They just bring big names over there and put them in matches. And if you go back to the actual overall card, um, one, two, three, four, five... Well, that one, yeah, six. Well, I guess it wasn't as face-dominated as I thought it was, but six legitimate faces won. The Usos and Becky Lynch, who are loved heels, won. So technically, if you look at it, um, Zelina Vega and Roman Reigns were the only legitimate heels to win, which is basically what happens at you know, the Saudi Arabia show. So it still kind of went along with their theme, but once again, overall, I gave it a B plus. Okay. Surprised me with a, with a C grade that I gave it or C minus was the, the Queen, the Queen's Crown match. I right. expected that to be at least a D or a D minus, and that surprised me. That match was... Like I said, it was it was a good match. Selena Vega, like you said, she hit that DDT perfectly, and the code red was done well, and that's that's why I didn't give the match a D. Yeah, and it, and it did show. Um, maybe you know I haven't given her any real credit being uh, potentially a good in ring performer. Um, we already know she's good on the mic, so I mean, she already has that going for her. But you know, being able to to showcase what she did—I mean, even against Carmella a little bit—but um, against a you know rather much larger athlete, or well, wrestler—I don't know if I want to call her an athlete—in Dewdrop um, shows that maybe I need to start giving Selena Vega a little bit more respect for what she can do in the ring. And it was pretty funny when the two went face to face together. How they're like this. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. Like, probably not tuning in because he's one of the ones that always watches on Facebook Live and we're not on Facebook Live for some reason. Yeah, that's true. Well, I'll send it to him. Uh, just like I send it out anyway. So, but if everybody out there is ready, this is my favorite part of the show. I 
hope it's everybody else's. It's Nuggies News. So, Greg, take it away. All right. Well, first and foremost, I do want to uh, send along... Um, I got a couple of little health things that I want to talk about first. Um, first and foremost, um, earlier this week, it was announced that Hacksaw Jim Duggan um, was taken to the hospital and had emergency surgery. Um, there really been no details as to what the surgery was entailed to, but anytime you hear the words emergency and surgery, it's something that needed to be done immediately. Um, and he has been released and is home resting, um, safely now. So, you know, whatever the issue is, was, hopefully it's, you know, been addressed and taken care of, and hopefully he'll be on the road to recovery soon. Yes. Former WWE and current AEW announcer, um, Jim Ross. We know he's had his history of health issues, um, He had released a really nasty-looking picture of um, a growth on the side of his ankle. It almost looked like he had two ankle bones. Um, And it has been diagnosed um, that it is skin cancer. It is um, confirmed. It is treatable. Um, They're waiting on a radiologist to, to... look at the determination of what the best treatment course is, but right now um, it looks like they're going to be targeting it with radiation treatment. Um, You know, you do that for a few months and see what it is, um, and then they go from there as whether they can remove it or if the radiation kills it. So best of luck on healing, um, good old JR. Yes, absolutely. Speedy recovery, dude. And a special congratulations goes out today to the most beautiful woman in all of WWE as she showed up a shiny big rock on Twitter as her and Corey Graves are now officially engaged. Um, And the one thing I will say in positive to this is that I'd really, really love to know what Corey Graves' salary is because that's one hell of a diamond that uh, he's put on her ring. Um, Another little thing, I was going to wait until Nuggies, not really Nuggies' rants, but kind of the end, but seeing as this news popped up, um, she's also released a little thing on Twitter saying that Sometimes she feels people don't give her credit to what she can do in a ring because of her looks. She's not necessarily happy being portrayed as the most beautiful woman in the WWE because she is a little bit more vain than um, she portrays her character to being. Um, I mean, I follow her and Corey Graves both on Instagram and Twitter. Um, and she very, very, very often posts, self, uh, posts herself with pictures with no makeup, hair kind of just up in a little, you know, ponytail and just, you know, yeah, it's, it's a crop top tee because she's got to show off that flat toned belly of hers and a pair of sweatpants. So she's not always like those women that walk around dolled up. Um, but the only thing I'll say is, I mean, I say it in tongue in cheek. 
Did you have to get such a fantastic boob job? If you're worried about the way you looked, why wouldn't you have just done, you know, Sasha Banks, a very attractive woman, has not had a boob job. You know, so you take your tongue-in-cheek as the way you may. I'm not making fun of her or teasing her, but, you know, it is what it is. Right. Um... As we we just notated in the preview in our pre uh, recap show, um, the next and actually last pay per view of the year is Survivor Series. Um, I have an article here that predicts early. Um, this actually was up last weekend. Um, early predictions for the WWE Survivor Series match card. So, once again, I mean, some of them we know, um, but this is just what they say. Um, They think it'll kick off, they'll have a kickoff match of a dual brand battle royal. You you take 20 competitors, oh, Jesus Christ, and, and here we go again, and we've got that tone beeping again. All right, it's not as loud this time. We'll continue on. Um, They list 20 competitors. These are the 20 competitors they list in their battle royal. Um, The New Day, AJ Styles, Omos, Austin Theory, Street Profits, Rey Mysterio, Dominic Mysterio, Karrion Cross, Jeff Hardy, Jinder Mahal, Ricochet, Angel Garza, Humberto Carrillo, The Viking Raiders, Mansoor, Mustafa Ali, and Mace. They predict that the winner of this match will either be Karrion Cross, or if Bearcat Lee is in the match, because both of them could use a quote-unquote potential tie-break victory for their brands. Um, then they have their Team Raw against Team SmackDown. Now this, once again, this was before this past weekend. Actually, I think it was even before SmackDown of last week. Where they actually have it listed as for Team Raw, Becky slash um, Bianca Belair as the team captain. So whoever doesn't have the title would be the team captain. And then the rest of the team being Rhea Ripley, Nikki A.S.H., Dewdrop, and Zelina Vega. With Team SmackDown being Charlotte Flair slash Sasha Banks. With the rest of their team being Shayna Baszler, Naomi, Natalia, and Zia Lee. Which team, if those were the two teams, which team do you think they have predicted winning? SmackDown. Nope. They have the prediction of Team Raw winning with the sole survivor being Lynch slash Belair. Okay. The men's Raw team versus the men's SmackDown team. Bobby Lashley with Seth Rollins, Finn Balor, Kevin Owens and Edge versus Drew McIntyre, Cesaro, Sami Zayn, 
Shinsuke Nakamura and Sheamus. No Rick Brooks? Oh, okay. Well, you know he'll be ringside playing his guitar. I gotta say that. I gotta say Raw's gonna get that. This one they have predicting Team SmackDown wins with McIntyre and Sheamus surviving. Oh, okay. Then obviously they have Usos versus RK Bro um, with the Usos winning. Damian Priest versus Happy Corbin, because they predicted Happy Corbin will win the title from Nakamura before Survivor Series, with Damian Priest winning for Raw. Then they have Bianca Belair slash Lynch versus Sasha Banks slash Charlotte. Um, and then once again, they have the Raw woman winning. And then Reigns versus Big E. Who do you think they have winning this match? Roman. Of course. Ending the night with a tie. <laughs> yep. And for people out there that don't know, the titles are not on the line. No. Uh, no, not at all. There will be no titles defended on the Survivor Series show, so. Right. Right. Um... And I already kind of gave you my little extra part, so that's Nuggies news for this week. All right, great. Well, once again, another great job of Nuggies news. Now, let's get into Friday Night Smackdown. Okay. What did you think? Um, well, I mean, in all honesty, in my opinion, um... We, I mean, it's a two-hour-long show. We can talk about the first 30 to 32 minutes of it and then split and go to the last seven minutes of it because nothing else of the show, in my opinion, was worth watching. Um, right. So, I mean, if, if I get to go first and, and I can decide if I want to talk about my bigger disappointments versus the bigger positives, I'm going to start out with my biggest disappointment well, my biggest disappointments, quote-unquote, of SmackDown this week. One... All right, and if we talk about the first 32... If we talk about the first 32 minutes, like you said, we're going to be talking about the promo because the promo between Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar went 35 minutes from start to finish. Well, well, that's why I said 32. I didn't, I didn't use a stopwatch. I said 32, yeah, but... Um, yeah, I'll let you go first on this one. Well, yeah, you went first on the pay-per-view, so just be natural that I would go first on this, and I'll talk about my disappointments. Um, first and foremost, I, I my the biggest disappointment I had was the way they kind of hyped and then disappointingly debuted Hit Row. Now... Hitro was one of the biggest things that came out of nowhere, in my opinion, on NXT. From the moment Hitro was formed on NXT to the time it got put on the main roster seemed like something that was almost unheard of in, in the recent past. They weren't around that long compared to other stars and talents that were on NXT that took a long time 
to get established on the main roster. Um, I had pulled up... Let me see if I can actually get back to that article real quick. Um, I mean, they debuted against two just, like, local talent... No, I didn't. Um, nobodies. They, they were supposed to have um, an actual match against an established star and a, and a tag team partner of some sort, but then they just, yeah, they just put him in, I mean, the guy's names were Dustin Lawler and Daniel Williams. I mean, once again, no, actually, yeah, it was Jinder Mahal and whichever, Shanky, whichever one came, that's who they were supposed to wrestle against on their debut. Which wouldn't, I mean, not that they're superstars, but they're legitimate WWE performers. They're people you've heard of, too, so it'll and, be a, it would have been right. an interesting match. So that was my biggest disappointment. My second other thing is, is more of a gripe, which I was going to have in Nuggies News, but because it's part of SmackDown, I didn't, was we saw a pretty good match. In Mansoor versus Mustafa Ali at Crown Jewel, what, 24 hours earlier. Why do you need to give us that match again on Friday Night SmackDown, knowing that the crowd's not going to be as into it as the Saudi crowd was, which is already going to take away from it, and then give us almost the same match? Right. So those are two of my negatives about SmackDown. All right. Uh, the negative thing I didn't like about SmackDown was, you're probably going to be surprised to hear this, but it was the exchanging of the titles. I mean, I wanted to see, the, I wanted to see Becky and Charlotte go at it. And, you know... Charlotte made the challenge, well, if you're going to be Becky Two Belts, why don't we do it tonight? And I was kind of disappointed that they didn't go at it, but then I understood, you know, they'll save it for something really major, really yeah. big, if they if they ever did that again. Yeah, like Survivor Series. Yeah. And, um, and like you said, I, I echo the same sentiments about the Monsoor match. I mean, I was... Surprised to see the two of them going at it again. I hope we don't see any more of it. Um, I, I just think that that was one of the, the, the disappointing parts of SmackDown. Um, also, I can't say disappointing. More like... Um, uh, I can't really think of a thing right. Think of a word to say right now, but the backstage thing with Sonya Deville and Naomi. I mean, why don't they just get the two of them in the ring and just have at it? I was kind of disappointed that nothing else happened. Uh, you know, little physicality would have been nice to see. You know, to to fuel it, so to speak, and it didn't happen. So I was kind of disappointed with that. Okay, 
So what were some of the good takeaways from the show for you? Well, one of the good takeaways, I believe, was I liked the coronation. That was good. The Xavier Woods coronation. I was I was smiling for that because he deserved it. It was a it was a great thing that, that they did. The whole thing went off without a hitch. Um, the same thing with um, Zelina Vega. Both of them standing up on the stage together with the crowns on and. And I thought that was good. One of the other strong points I thought was the Roman Reigns Brock Lesnar thing. It just went too long, though. I mean, I was glad to see Brock come out. Um, I thought it was kind of funny when he f fived um, Adam Pearce and he split his pants, or however it happened. But it was just something that. You knew he was... I can't say he knew he was going to come out, so why did they make it wait? They made it wait for the anticipation. Is he really going to be here? And Pat McAfee had to make the dumbest comment I've ever heard him make on SmackDown when Brock Lesnar hit Roman Reigns with the the steps. Oh, my God, those are 150, 200-pound steps. No, they're not. They're aluminum. (laughs) I mean... Come on, he just hit the guy with 150 pound steps. No, he didn't. They're aluminum. I mean, they were in the heat of everything. All the guys come out from the locker room. Lesnar's wiping everybody out. That's the Brock Lesnar I'm used to seeing. The monster that just wipes everybody out. He comes out, you know, well, what'd you say? What'd you say? I'm suspended, you know, and that's. That was one of the positives I took out of that, was to see the old Brock Lesnar, you know, kicking everybody's ass. And and I, I just thought that was that was a good thing that I took out of that. The matches, I didn't think were all that great. Could have done without, without uh, but that's the way SmackDown is. No, well, no, it's, I mean, that's not the way SmackDown is. SmackDown usually is much more entertaining. Um, I, I saw totally right off the bat disagree with that statement. Um, I mean, I think the best match of the night was Drew McIntyre, Sami Zayn, and that probably got a C to a C plus, um, which is is not saying anything good for SmackDown. Now, you got to give the wrestlers and and one positive that I will say is the effort that they gave. Um, and I know the, the 15 and a half hour flight that I looked up, um, now I'm remembering was actually not at, not accurate. Um, because I looked it up because I thought SmackDown was supposed to be in Baltimore. So I looked up flights from Riyadh, Saudi Arabia to Washington, DC, which was 15 hours, um, 15 and a half hours, but it was in Wichita, Kansas. Which you got to add another two hours. So they spent 17 hours in the air. And then performed that night. So anything you got from Drew McIntyre. I mean Monster, Mustafa Ali. Um, trying to think of who else wrestled on Crown Jewel the Wrestle last night. Or Friday night. But I mean any of them. I mean kudos to them. For being able to be awake and walk and be able to do anything. That was the biggest positive, in my opinion. 
Um, yeah, I mean, I'll touch on the opening segment only because if, and like I said in the, your, your reaction to your thing in the beginning, if you didn't know that Brock Lesnar was going to do something that was going to get him suspended, then you haven't really kept up with WWE Wrestling and Brock Lesnar for a long time. Um, I thought it might have something to do with, with Paul Heyman, not Adam Pierce, but I mean, I think Paul Heyman was the only thing he didn't destroy because he destroyed everything else that was ringside, whether it was officials, cameras, ring steps, I mean, everything, including Roman Reigns, um, which kind of plants the seed as to why was Paul Heyman the only person he didn't attack. So, you know, but the ending with the title exchange, and once again, I'll, I'll, I'll gladly disagree with you as we do on a lot of things. The last thing I wanted to see was Becky Lynch going at Charlotte Flair again. That's why I'm glad that they're not on the same brand. You know, keep them on separate bands. Let them be... If they're going to be the top heels, be the top heels. Um, one thing also that I was going to mention in Nuggies News, but I knew we were going to talk about SmackDown, was the title exchange and some possible pretty decent backstage heat with Charlotte Flair. Um, it's come out that Charlotte Flair actually did campaign for a more interesting story to lose her Raw title to Bianca Belair when they fought on Monday Night Raw. WWE said that's not in creative plans. Okay, I'll, I'll win. And then the way the segment's supposed to go is Charlotte and Becky Lynch supposed to like try and simultaneously hand the belts to each other and Becky was going to pull hers back while grabbing Charlotte's and hold both belts to hype the crowd to chanting Becky two belts. And the queen, Charlotte Flair, did not like the idea of playing second fiddle to Becky Lynch, knowing that the segment was going to end with Sasha Banks coming out and then playing second fiddle to Sasha Banks with an in-ring altercation. She was not having it. So therefore, she then threw the title down to the ground. Not like to the ground in front of Becky Lynch, but off to the side behind everybody. That was not taken good with Becky Lynch. Who Who come to find out actually was not supposed to be involved in the altercation... But was supposed to be, not physically involved, but was supposed to be involved a little bit more than she was. But when Sasha came in, it's live TV. She just said, you know what? You can deal with this. I'm going to Raw. And walked out of the ring and, and, and quote-unquote ad-libbed that. That wasn't what she was supposed to say. That wasn't scripted. But she just didn't want any more part of it. So Charlotte was technically escorted out of the building because she was told to leave the building because she was so heated that there was speculation because the dark match, I believe, was Sasha versus um, Becky that Charlotte would interject herself in that match and just cause 
much more hoop to do. And she was quoted as saying, you know what? Okay, uh, I'm off to go see AEW. Right. So we'll have to see, you know, in later date and time as to what happens with that. Yep. And I and I think the, I think the Sasha Charlotte Flair program that they're going to have on SmackDown is going to be tremendous. I think it's going to be great. Um, do you see Sasha winning the title early on, or are they going to go through well, a couple matches? It'd be kind of disappointing if she lost it right away. Well, this is the thing. Right now, they're going to start to hype Survivor Series. I mean, it's what, four weeks away? Yeah. Uh, November 21st. So so they're going to start to hype Survivor Series. So are you going to start or continue campaigns between Bianca and Becky and or start with... Charlotte Sasha to have titles change to not be able to build up that match or are you going to continue to have the four of them do things together so it doesn't matter which of the four are title holders that's the only thing that that stinks is to me this is almost like the you know between the Royal Rumble and Wrestlemania well maybe not Royal Rumble maybe Fastlane and WrestleMania, when you know nothing's really going to happen at Fastlane because they're already promoting WrestleMania. So, I mean, are we really going to find a new contender for Roman Reigns? Or are they just going to build up on Roman Reigns' Big E between now and Survivor Series? So, that's that's where I'm kind of just like, what are they going to do? Yeah. I was was talking with DJ earlier today, and he said... You know, he took off. He, he took off from the Brock Lesnar suspension, saying, "Now that they suspended Brock Lesnar, you can look forward to a program between Roman Reigns and Drew McIntyre, which I think would be pretty good." Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. But do you do you start that right now? Because it's going to get interrupted by. Roman Reigns versus Big E. Right. I think something like that should wait until after Survivor Series on both parts, men's and women's. Because, I mean, there's just things about Becky, Sasha, or Becky, Bianca, Sasha, Charlotte Flair that could really make for some really... Tremendous matches at Survivor Series. I mean, who knows? Could we see Charlotte versus Becky at Survivor Series, or could we see Sasha versus Bianca? You never know. Right. So, and with WWE's, you know, WWE creative, will have to do with that is going to be something that I think if they did it beforehand. It would be, it would take something away from it. So, I don't know. But do, does, I mean, do you want to see Becky versus Charlotte at Survivor Series again? No. 
Or would you like to see them have Sasha Banks take the title? And then, or do we want to see Sasha Banks, Bianca Belair, who main evented the first night of WrestleMania again in Survivor Series? When didn't we have? No, we didn't have them at SummerSlam. We had um, Becky. But when did we have Sasha and Bianca? Did we? Well, Sasha came in to interfere in the, in the Bianca-Becky match at SummerSlam. Yeah, but then didn't they have them? I don't know, whatever. Uh, maybe I'm just thinking they had a match after that at some point between the two of them. I don't remember. Um, but, I mean, do we want to see, you know, Sasha-Bianca again at Survivor Series? I don't know. You know, would you rather see Becky-Sasha or Bianca-Charlotte? I I mean, either, we just got either, that. <laughs> we just got that last week. Either way, I think we're going to get good matches either way. Whoever the two champions are to go against each other, they have some history. Bianca's been at it with Sasha. Sasha's been going at it with Becky. Becky and Charlotte. You know, so it's going to be interesting because they all have history together. Yep. But yeah, that's a... Uh, that should prove to be interesting. Now, let me ask you, would you rather see Roman and Big E, or would you rather see another match between Drew McIntyre and Big E? I, you know what, I don't think, right now, um, I don't think Roman Reigns is, they're going to consider Roman Reigns losing his title until WrestleMania, at the earliest. Um, one date to keep in mind is January 16th of 2022. That is the day that Roman Reigns officially would hold the title for his 504th day beating Brock Lesnar. I was hoping all, you know, for a while now, that they would do the Royal Rumble on January 16th. And having have Roman Reigns defend his title against Brock Lesnar on January 16th to either remain tied or have the record for his 504th day. That won't happen because the Royal Rumble isn't until the end of... uh, of January, January 30th, I believe. So. And that's when, according to some of the sources that I heard about Brock Lesnar taking some time off, that's when Brock Lesnar's going to return. Oh, yeah. yeah. He'll he'll be entry number 30 into the Royal Rumble, win the Royal Rumble, challenge Roman Reigns, and they'll main event WrestleMania in Dallas, Texas. Yep. Which... I don't know, but I, I don't see, I don't see Brock Lesnar winning the title. That I mean, he's on limited contract. He's on limited appearances. I don't right, see but even, happen. even, I mean, once again, you guys, I mean, I don't even know how aware you, DJ T Black and Joe were, but you, and I'm saying, in general, there were. Many people that thought Brock Lesnar legitimately 
had the opportunity and the chance to beat Roman Reigns. Not knowing about his, you know, five to eight match a year contract that he has. Yeah, he has, quote unquote, I'm not going to say unlimited, but, you know, many more appearances that he can make. Friday night wasn't a wasn't a match. That was an appearance. But when he legitimately only has to perform in five to eight matches, what well, I mean, they can never go back to the absentee champion that Brock Lesnar once was. Right. Because I think Brock Lesnar was absent more than he defended the title. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's how he had a 503-day reign. Yeah, 300 of it was absent. Yeah. But, uh, and that's what... But keep 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 that date in mind, because I didn't calculate that myself. I went to Google and typed in the date that Roman Reigns won. Um, whatever, August 20th of last year, whatever it was. Um, and I said... When would 503 days from that date be? And it was Saturday, July, Saturday, January 15th. So the 16th would be the 504th day. Remember that date when WWE tries to make you, quote unquote, forget a couple days and they try and celebrate his 504th day on Friday Night Smackdown, whether it's the day before or the Friday Night Smackdown after, so they can celebrate it on air. Okay, yep. All right, so that was our overall grade for Smackdown. What, what would you give it? Probably the first time I can remember, I'm going to say a D plus. Yep, I'll say between a C- minus and a D is what I'll give it. And that's that's not a SmackDown show. No, it's it's the show after pay-per-view, which are typically shows that make you more interested in watching it, which it did, and then it was just an overall letdown. Right. So, all right, so that was our SmackDown recap. Let me bring up one other thing for you, Greg. Are sure. you going to be tuning to Halloween Havoc? Probably. I'm definitely looking forward to to seeing um, Mandy Rose against Raquel Gonzalez and Toxic, uh, whatever they call themselves. Well, Mandy Rose. It's not the whole, it's not all three of them against Raquel Gonzalez. <laughs> right. No, it's, it's uh, Toxic. Uh, toxic Attraction. Toxic Attraction against... Uh, Io Shirai and Zoe Stark and Mandy Rose against Raquel Gonzalez. I'm definitely looking forward to those two matches. I think Halloween Havoc is going to be a real good show. I believe this is the second time I can remember <laughs> them having Halloween Havoc on a regular uh, NXT show. They, I think they had it on a NXT TakeOver one time. So... I'm definitely looking forward to that on on Tuesday night. Any word as to what's going on for Raw for Monday? Is there any anything that's been let out? It's their, uh, the only thing I've seen is it's their quote-unquote season premiere, um, and they've just advertised their, you know, new roster. So, 
Um, something that I did just pull up here. Um, many Fox affiliates um, showed an encore of SmackDown Saturday night at 8 o'clock to go up against AEW Dynamite. Um, for those who don't know, AEW Dynamite's been on Wednesday nights for a long time. Um, but TNT has a contract with the NHL that's actually forcing, well, not forcing, but moving um, AEW Dynamite, their flagship show, over to TBS starting in January. But the NHL has been having games on Wednesday nights, so they've been showing them on Saturday nights. Um and there, there we go. And what? I said, and Greg just froze up. No, you froze up. <laughs> oh, well, you were that fire. The only thing I heard was uh, Saturday night. Right. Um, so, WWE in some, network, some areas, and it wasn't nationally, put on an encore edition of SmackDown. SmackDown drew... 656,000 viewers for their repeat of SmackDown. And once again, that was not in every market. I know here in Connecticut, Fox had, I don't know, one of the game shows that they show on. AEW Dynamite drew 578,000 in the same markets that a repeat of SmackDown was on. So they didn't take into consideration like the greater Hartford area because Hartford didn't show SmackDown. But in this, and this is what I love because you won't hear anybody from AEW point that out. That when they went head-to-head on a Saturday night on a repeat of SmackDown, which you and I both agreed was a horrible SmackDown, they lost by almost 90,000 viewers. And AEW was live, correct? Well, no. I, I don't. I think it was taped live. Okay. I think. No, no, actually, no, maybe it was live this Saturday. I don't remember. But regardless, you know, they're, one of their features, the main event of Saturday Night's Dynamite was Brian Danielson. That's right there. Oh, that's against Dustin Rhodes. That was their main event of the show. Wow. Exactly. Um, Oh, and quick shout out to the uh, formerly known as the Iconics. The Inspiration are now the new... Um, TNA Knockouts Tag Team Champions in their debut match at Bound for Glory. Um, and Braun Strowman did not show up, as everybody had rumored that he was going to. Yep. So, alrighty, is there anything else you want to add, Greg? Um, no, I think we've uh, covered pretty much most of it. Uh, once again, great show tonight. want to thank everybody, uh, that will be tuning in when we replay this, when we put it out on the um, online. So, on behalf of the Nooks of Greg, this is the illustrious Mr. Trivia for the Top Rope Report, saying we will see you on Wednesday with Monday Night Raw and Halloween Havoc results.